Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. In this week's message, we'll hear from Pastor Chris as he preaches from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, where Jesus asks a paralyzed man the question, do you want to get well? But today, we're going to continue in in the series where we've been focusing on and paying intentional attention to the questions that Jesus asked. Jesus asked some 339 questions in the Gospels, and uh, we've been also trying to uh, ask this question of each one of us, and it it matters personally, but I want to hold up for you that it matters for all of us. It it matters to us as a body. Are you close enough to hear? Are you quiet enough to listen, And, and are you curious enough to keep asking and exploring, what is Jesus saying to me and what is Jesus saying to us as a people? Who are we as a people? Because if if we exist to make Christ known, then we need to consider our proximity. Where are we in our knowing Christ? Where are we in growing together, and how are we doing it reaching beyond ourselves to make Christ known? And if you're new today, if you're visiting with us, I thank God you're here. I'm grateful that you're here. So you you can just drop in in the middle of any of these questions. And it's also, I think, good to understand where we've been over the course of the last several weeks. So Pastor Jamie opened this series and he asked us this question, who of you by worrying can ask, can add a single question to your life? Jesus posed this question to his disciples. And, and as we do this, as, we, as Jesus asks us this question, um, our, our typical response has to be no. I mean, who of you by adding a sing, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Eh, not me, none of us. Can do that, and we know intellectually we know the answer. But the question that we get to ask when we're curious enough to continue to explore what is Jesus communicating to us is, "What do you treasure?" So we have wrestled with this over the course of the last few weeks. What do you treasure? And in week two, we spent a little time looking at Peter, and you're going to find and see Peter in our text today. He's everywhere in the Gospels. Anxious, uh, impetuous Peter. Jesus asked him, will you really lay down your life for me? And and then as we are close enough and quiet enough and curious enough, then we got to ask this question, whose life is it? Is it actually, are these our lives or are our lives Jesus' lives? And so then we also considered, is there something that you would consider laying down? And I still want to bring that question to you today. Is there something that you need to lay down. And then last Sunday, Pastor Sai challenged us with this question, who touched me from Mark chapter 5? And as we're close enough to hear Jesus, and as we get quiet enough to listen, and curious enough to think deeper, 
Sai came with his own question and said, are you willing to reach out to Jesus? Are you willing to reach out to Jesus? And this morning, we're going to go back to the Gospel of John, to John chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, you can throw that open to John chapter 5. It'll also be on the screen, or you can read along in your preferred electronic device. A couple of clicks will get you there. John chapter 5, and Jesus asks this question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And as I pray, I invite you to pray similarly. Where am I in proximity? Am I close enough to hear Jesus? Am I quiet enough this morning to listen? And am I curious enough to not just read this story for the thousandth time, but to really consider what Jesus has for me? And are we, friends, are we, as the people who make up Centerpoint Church, are we collectively these things? Are we close enough? Are we quiet enough? And are we curious enough to hear from the Lord? Let's pray and invite him to reveal something to us. God, you know that I keep asking you and that we keep asking you, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. We pray also that the eyes of our heart and would be enlightened in order that we know the hope to which you have called us, the glorious riches of the inheritance in your saints, and that incomparably great power for us who believe. Because it's that power was the same mighty strength you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand. It's that power that will give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So would you grant it to us even now? In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, hear these words from the book that we love in John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish, Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I, try, while I, I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus says, Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this man? Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you 
are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you want to get well? Do you? Do you want to get well? No. I mean, I I say yes with my mouth, but my feet say something else. I I say yes with my mouth and my actions don't align with my words. Do yours? Do you want to get well? I turned 53 a couple months ago. That's maybe dangerous to say that out loud. Some of the younger people in the crowd will go, why the pastor's old? We should go somewhere else. And some of the rest of you are saying, well, that's not that old. But I turned 53 a couple months ago. And the story I've been telling myself about that and the story I've been telling others about that is that my body is betraying me. And it has been for the past several years. I have a lot of people say, do you have one leg longer than another? Because I stand like this a lot. And I, the que- my answer to that question is, I don't know. It's just how I stand. But, but three years ago, I was killing it from a health perspective. I, my, I hook my road bike onto a spinner. And during the winter times, I was pedaling incessantly to nowhere. And, and I was making all kinds of progress. I mean, I had turned 50, I put a ton of miles on my bike, and, and then in what would be my final week of intensives at Western Seminary out in Holland, Michigan, a friend of mine and I made a pact. So he rides uh, mountain bike or trail bikes, and I ride road bike, so we made a deal. One day we'll ride on the road, and the next day we'll, we'll uh, do something that I've never done before, and ride trails. And so we did it, and uh, I was killing it. We were going up slopes and down slopes, and we were weaving in and out of trees. And like I said, I was nailing it until I wasn't. <laughs> because, boom, I clipped a tree, and then I went flying off of that tree. And I landed on my shoulder, and it hasn't quite been the same since. And I didn't die, obviously, so praise the Lord for that. But I did get to engage in this process called physical therapy. And physical therapy was a gift. It's designed to make us well. I was given everything I needed to be well by the physical therapists and the, and the people that worked there. I was given tools and resources and stretches to do rehab on my own, and I didn't really do them. Because I didn't feel like when I get home, walking my shoulder up the wall and walking it back down and doing this again. And so anytime I lift any weights like this here, it clicks. It's just true. I mean, I said I wanted to be well, but I didn't really want to be well. I mean, I didn't want to do all of the things that would be necessary to actually be well. And so that's physical wellness. And, and can you relate? How about your spiritual Wellness. I mean, I say I want to be well, but I don't open my Bible every day. I'm not praying. I'm not in community. I'm not growing together. What are the things that keep us in our way? I mean, I liked PT, but I didn't really want all the benefits of PT if I'm honest with myself. And sometimes our faith is like that too, right? I mean, we love Jesus 
But do we really want to be well? Do we really want to do the things that Jesus calls us to do? And in John's gospel today, I wonder if there's something similar happening. Because there's this PT shop called Bethesda, right? And, and in Hebrew, Bethesda means house of kindness or house of mercy, where you're going to receive grace and gentleness. It's located in the northeast quarter of the city of Jerusalem, and it's near this sheep gate, this place where sheep were brought in to be sacrificed. And people flocked to this place for healing. Did you see what I did there? People flocked, the sheep flocked there. People flocked to this place to be healed. A great number of disabled people flocked to the pool of Bethesda, believing that they could be healed. And they understood by its very name that if they go there, they're going to receive something House of kindness or house of mercy has with it. If I just go and I hang out there, something might happen. I might be healed. And so people flocked to this pool. And some likely hung out there for days, weeks, months, hoping beyond hope that they would be the first ones into the pool. Because it's in the, in the bubbly waters that the curative powers exist. It's, it's in the waters where it happened, or so legend have, has it. The belief was healing happened when the waters were stirred up and the first ones in were the first ones to be healed. And, and history tells us, walk with me, Chris, will you? History tells us that healing happened in those waters. But, but just like when, we, when we're here, these waters don't save us. The baptismal waters don't save us. That's not healing. God is the one who's doing something when we are baptized. God was the one who was doing something here. It was Jesus who brought the healing. He didn't have anything to do with the water. Did you catch that? It had nothing to do with the water. And so as we sit with this miracle, I wonder... What are you thinking today? Because I wonder what it was like to be disabled for 38 years and to spend most of those 38 years jonesing to be dropped off at the pool and to be well. How did the man get to the pool? How did he get there? Why didn't somebody just drop him in the pool so he could be healed? I, I, I don't get it. There's so many questions. Did, did people take him there and just leave him? Day after day, 38 years, he just laid there among the masses of other people who were blind and lame and paralyzed. Now the text tells us that, tells us that these colonnades were, were covered. They were covered to pro provide some protection from the elements and... I imagine if people just laid there for 38 years, the stench had to be horrible. Is this why people didn't help our invalid friend? Did his family say, quick, let's just drop him here and hope for the best. Let's get out of here. What is it that's happening? The text tells us that Jesus saw him lying there. And he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. 
I wonder, how long was Jesus there and how many people did he talk to? Did he heal other people that day or was it just our invalid friend who had been there for 38 years? The scriptures don't tell us, so we get to wonder, we get to be curious. Anyway, I mean, it had to be a horrible existence for this guy. So, so when this other guy just walks along and he comes up and he starts asking questions, this may well be the first conversation he's had in days. And the, and the guy says, do you want to get well? This guy, Jesus. And I'm trying to put myself in the place of the invalid. I've been laying here for what seems to be ever probably every day for the past three or four decades, wanting something to happen. I want house of gentleness, house of mercy. But he's likely experiencing pain and anger and frustration, and he's maybe even given up a little. So so when the stranger asks, do you want to get well, in in my pain and anger and frustration, I may have lost him, because it's like, duh, what do you think? The invalid doesn't hear the question. It doesn't seem that he hears the question or he has to justify his lack of action because he simply explains he has no one to help him and other people get into the pool before him every single day as if to say, it doesn't really seem to matter what I want, buddy. I'm stuck and I I can't get in. I've been left here to die. I imagine that he didn't have a lot of hope. Which may be why he doesn't answer the question. Did he even hear it? He simply says he's been lying there all this time. So Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And just like that, he's cured. He picks up his mat and he walks off. But he isn't really well yet. To be well in the Greek is to be whole. So he's physically able to do something he hadn't done before, but he's not well. And can you imagine seeing this guy? I mean, people have seen him there day after day after day. Can you imagine what it was like for him to just get up and walk off? I mean, I'm stiff and sore every time I stand up, and he just gets up and wanders off after being in this shape for 40 years. It all happened on the Sabbath, which is another story altogether. See, Jewish law, its text tells us, forbids work on the Sabbath, and carrying a mat must have qualified as work. I mean, I don't want to get too hung up on this part of the the text today other than to say this. Jesus doesn't care the day or the time. When someone calls to Jesus, Jesus makes them well. Do you call to Jesus? Now, the healed man had no idea who Jesus was. He didn't know who it was who had healed him, nor did he seem to care. He was just glad to to not be laying there anymore. He was glad to be up and moving around. I want to hold up for you the fact that he had a singular focus. All he wanted was physical healing. He wasn't close enough to hear Jesus. He wasn't quiet enough to listen, nor was he curious enough to understand what Jesus had done for him, at least not yet. 
And the same I would hold up for you is true for the Jewish leaders. Their singular focus was on keeping the law, so much so that they couldn't even celebrate the miracle that had happened right in front of their eyes, and none of them seemed to really care either. Nor do I wonder, did they care to be made whole? But here's here's the thing about Jesus. He, He addresses needs we don't even know we have. So check this, in verse 14, The text tells us, later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And I want you to hear this. Listen, because it's crucial. Jesus went to find him. Jesus knew that the man didn't understand what he had done for him. It doesn't matter what the man had done. It didn't matter how long he'd been laying there. It didn't matter that he missed it altogether. Jesus went and found him. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've wandered away. It doesn't matter how many times you haven't wanted to get well. Jesus wants to find you too. Jesus is coming for you. And what Jesus really seems to be saying here is those who have received healing in Christ are made whole. What Jesus did for the invalid was far greater than enabling him to get to walk. He gave him ultimate healing. He made him whole. And Jesus gave him tools and stretches and and the resources he needed to engage in. And, And now it's time for the invalid to get about the business of doing his own PT as he's going around Jerusalem and to choose it again and again and again. And the invalid begins to testify. He tells the others, he tells the Jewish leaders what Jesus had done for him. It's pretty remarkable. And Ray alluded to this as we began our time of worship. Today, in in church history, uh, this is Palm Sunday. This is the day that crowds were cheering and they were waving palm branches and they were carrying on and they laid their cloaks down on the dirt path, creating a sort of red carpet as Jesus, their new king, rode into town. And as they're waving their palm branches, they're cheering Hosanna, which is a phrase which means pray, save us. Pray, save us. They're they're asking for Jesus to save them. And they expected Jesus was their new king. And he was king. He is the king. But he's not the one they wanted or the one they even thought they needed. You see, they believed that Jesus would conquer the Romans and restore and redeem all Israel, and they missed it. You see, Jesus is the king who humbly serves, who took on the sin of the world to atone for our sin and our brokenness. Jesus is the king who makes us whole. He's that kind of king. He may not be the king we want, but he is the king we need if we're ever going to be whole. 
He's the king you need if you're ever going to be whole. He's the king that we need as a body of people who say we're following him if we are going to be whole. Why? Why do we need Jesus? Because he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He sees our pain, our anger, and our frustration, and he loves us through it. Case in point. It was probably two months ago. I told you before that I don't really like to do PT. But I was spinning my heart out to nowhere again, worshiping while I did so. That was something that I added in this winter. It's like, okay, I'm going to get back on my spinner. and I'm going to take care of myself physically, physically. When I ride, I'm healthier emotionally and I'm healthier spiritually. And I, I was making progress, progress toward increased wholeness in my body and in my mind and in my soul. And then one morning I put my foot a little too far out of my truck on a sheet of ice. And there I went, I planted on my back and I couldn't even groan loud enough to um, (laughs) relieve the tension. Flat on my back, and now I have all kinds of problems going on. And I have a choice to make. Do I want to get well? So for most of my life, I would get hurt, and then I wouldn't do any PT. I wouldn't walk my hand up the wall or do anything else. But, But here's the thing. I get to make some choices, and so do we. We get to make some choices. And so I want to be emotionally, physically, and spiritually whole. So finally, I'm actually like taking care of my body. I'm trying to do the things. But it's not just about the physical PT I'm also trying to feed my soul to do things that are life-giving that aren't just the same mundane routine. And I wonder today, do you want to join me in being emotionally, physically, and spiritually whole? What do you want as a community? What do you put your hope in? Where are you experiencing pain and anger or frustration today? Is there something in your life that's consuming you? Are you so fixated on that thing that you can't fathom being whole? If you're fixated on having enough money, winning the lottery won't save you. It won't make you well nor will it make you whole. If you're fixated on looking good and keeping up appearances, someone is always going to appear to have it more together than you do, and appearing to have it all together doesn't save you. Jesus is the only one who can do that. Jesus is the only one who can actually make us whole. Friends, this week, this week provides all kinds of opportunities for us to move toward wholeness and and the one who is faithful and true. Don't go for the water, for the bubbling water. Go for the one who can actually make us well. 
And I wonder, will you join me? Will you decide today to be well? Experiencing transformation means that we have to take intentional steps towards Jesus. Will you move closer to Jesus to hear his voice, to experience his grace and receive his good gifts? Will you be quiet enough to listen to his invitation? Will you be curious enough to ask Jesus this week, what is it that you desire for me and from me? So here's your invitation. Will you commit today to make a plan for this week by taking a proactive step in knowing Christ and growing together and reaching beyond yourself? Would you commit today, if you're here, to join us Thursday night? I know that we are going to encounter the Holy Spirit on Thursday night. Would you join us? How about Good Friday? Will you commit today to being with us on Friday evening and and celebrating with us next Sunday? Because here's the thing, friends, and you know it as well as I do. Our circumstances are going to push us, and they're going to try to take us away. And the enemy is going to say, no, you don't need to do that. That's why we decide today. Because we know we say yes with our mouths, but our feet Say no. Will you decide today? Will you decide today to get well? Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, O God, that you are the one who makes us well. It's not bubbling waters. It's not even our own action. But we do get to take steps with you and towards you to be more proximate to you in order that we can be whole. So would you lead us in that direction, oh God? I'm mindful um, this morning of all the things happening around the globe. I want wholeness in our world. God, we want wholeness in our world. We want stability in the Ukraine. We want stability in our country. We want stability in our community. We want stability within the life of Centerpoint churches. And so would you, oh God, help to make us whole? I'm mindful of people who are nearing the last age, the last stage of their time on this earth. Would you? be making them whole. For those who have had surgery in this past week, we give you thanks, oh God, for doctors and surgeons who help us to be whole. But would we together commit to knowing you, Jesus? Would we commit to growing together and would we commit to reaching beyond ourselves so that we are not only whole, but that all of the places we inhabit would be whole? God, we want to get well. Help us to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.